Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted, award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Jonathan Baylor. Jonathan is the founder, CEO, and executive chef of the world's fastest-growing metabolic healing and diabetes treatment company called Sane Solution. He founded the field of wellness engineering and authored the New York Times bestseller, The Calorie Myth and The Set Point Diet, starred in and produced the award-winning movie Better, has registered over 26 patents, and has spoken at Fortune 100 companies and TED conferences for over a decade. His work has been endorsed and implemented by top doctors from Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, and UCLA. It is with great gratitude and excitement that I present Get Up Nation with the amazing Jonathan Baylor. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Jonathan, you are a profound example of resilience. When you were a child, you wanted to be a Superman, and you learned some tremendous lessons as you pursued that, which led you to focus on being the best version of the person you are. Will you share some of these early experiences and how you were confronted with the amount of misinformation and misunderstanding out there about diet and exercise, and how you sought something better for not just yourself, but others as well? In a lot of ways, my entire life's work was the outcome of failure, frankly. And that was big failure I had both personally and professionally. When I was in high school, I was very good at football, but I was not very good at having a football player's body, for lack of better terms. And I was very much into physical fitness and those things. And I was a personal trainer at that time at Valley Total Fitness in Columbus, Ohio. So what was happening in short was I was doing everything, I mean, and even stupid things, which are not legal anymore now, (laughs) to try to get bigger, 
to try to gain weight so that I could play college football. And I couldn't. I was eating 6,000 calories per day. I was literally drinking double shot glasses full of olive oil and was unable to get bigger. And at the same time, as a personal trainer, the vast majority of my clients, not vast, all of my clients were struggling with a similar, but in some ways completely different problem of they could not lose weight. I would put them on 1,200 calorie diets and have them work out way more than I was working out and they couldn't get smaller while I couldn't get bigger. And one day I was sitting, I don't know why it took me so long to realize this. I was like 18 at the time. So, you know, sometimes it takes 18 year olds a little bit longer to figure stuff out. We'll see, but hey, you know, oh, oh good. I'll take the Instagram hate mail that I'm going to get now. The, the, or, or, or Snapchat or whatever those kids are using these days. So I'm old now. So I was sitting across the table from one of my clients, and this woman was an amazing professional. She was like a mother, you know, wonderful family, marriage, children. She was like a doctor or a lawyer or something. I mean, like superwoman, basically. And we're going over her eating and her exercise logs, and she's just not getting any results. And I'm looking over her information. I know she's not lying, so I'm seeing she's doing everything, quote unquote, correctly in terms of starving herself and exercising obsessively, which is what I was telling her to do. And she looks at me and starts crying Hmm. and says, Jonathan, like, what's wrong with me? Hmm. And in that moment, something clicked in my head where I said, you know, nothing is nothing's wrong with you, but something is definitely wrong here. Because in that moment, I had the distinction of like, what if I sat across the table from someone and they were like, Jonathan, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you just eat 10,000 calories a day? Like, if you just tried mm-hmm. harder, you could probably get bigger. Mm-hmm. So I realized in that moment, I was completely failing. Like, I was, everything that I thought I knew was failing me. I couldn't get bigger by eating more. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help my clients get smaller, quote unquote, by eating less. So mm-hmm. just abject failure. I quit being a personal trainer. And then I started this journey of my parents are both college professors. So I then went to them for advice. They set me on a path of 15 years of hardcore academic research with some of the top research institutions in the world. And that got us to where we are today. Amazing. Amazing. The language you use is largely about sane and sensible principles versus insane ones that we often espouse without understanding the science behind anything. Will you share how you're helping to dismantle destructive misconceptions that leave people in shame and suffering? The biggest distinction that I found during that 15 years of no longer asking that fit guy at the gym what he does, but rather looking at the actual peer-reviewed scientific literature around neurobiology and gastroenterology and endocrinology, brain, gut, hormone type things, is that we are a society, and this applies to more than just nutrition, that's for sure, that is focused on quantity. Hmm. Like eating less is a quantity statement. Exercise more is a quantity statement. Hmm. Whereas the, the real key to success in fitness and one could argue in life is quality. Hmm. Not like having more Facebook friends, but having quality relationships. Hmm. You know, and, and not necessarily eating less food, but eating higher quality food. So that's when we use the term SANE. SANE is an acronym for how we actually define scientifically the quality of food, but at its heart, and at the heart of the movie Better, and some of our work that expands way beyond nutrition is this shift from a more is better mentality to a better 
is better mentality. And those are very different things. Absolutely. Will you break down for us the term diabesity? Where did that come from? What does it mean? And what as a nation and a world when we're looking at our bodies and trying to understand what is better, what is diabesity? The most shocking thing about the term diabesity is that I didn't invent it. Right? <laughs> most people hear that term and they say, well, that's a creative term. Jonathan, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> diabetes is not something I came up with. It is an established medical term hmm. and it describes the single greatest cause of death in the world right now. Hmm. So let that sink in for a second. People think that I made up the name for a thing that is killing more people than anything else. Wow. So if you talk about a lack of awareness for a major problem, right. that is about as lack of awareness for a major problem as it gets in what diabetes is. Again, this is an established medical term. If you go to PubMed or any research library mm -hmm. and you look for diabetes, it's there. It's when an individual is suffering from both the disease of obesity, which is classified as a disease by the American Medical Association, as well as the disease of diabetes, also a disease by the American Medical Association. And what we're seeing and what is so important is that if you struggle with diabetes or if you struggle with overweight, there is a 90% chance that you're going to develop diabetes. Hmm. Now, that's a big deal. Let me put that in perspective. According to the American Cancer Association, if you smoke cigarettes for 40 years, there's a 10% chance that you're gonna get lung cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can smoke for 40 years, have a 10% chance of getting lung cancer. If you struggle with overweight right now, like this is a big medical deal because there's a 90% chance that you're gonna get diabetes hmm. and that killed my grandfather and it's killing a lot of people. Right. And when you have diabetes, both of those things together, like this isn't about bathing suits or it's not even about body image. Like we're all great, wonderful people. And just like if you got a breast cancer diagnosis, you wouldn't be like, yeah, but you'd be like, I wanna fight that. Like, I don't wanna die of breast cancer. This is a big deal. Like, right. holy crap, we need to do something about this. There's no shame. There's no, it's just like, it's a medical problem that's gonna kill you. We need to act on this. Right. We need that same level of urgency and scientific rigor and compassion around diabetes. So your same plan, like we've been talking about here, is science-based, I mean, it's the only program endorsed by top doctors at Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic at UCLA, and is proven clinically in over 100,000 success stories. You state that it unclogs your hormones, brain, and digestion. What do you mean by the unclogging? What we see is the underlying cause of diabetes is what's called neurological inflammation. This is inflammation in certain parts of your brain, dysregulation among your hormones, which simply means there's certain hormone levels are too high, too low, they're not in that sort of happy, medium, balanced range. And then also a dysregulation or dysbiosis in your gut. So when I use the term unclog, that is just kind of a friendly way of saying, you can imagine that your brain, gut, and hormones are always in this conversation, right? Your brain and your gut, you may have heard your gut referred to as your second brain. Right. Your brain is what takes in inputs from the outside world, right, through your five senses. Your gut also takes in inputs from the outside world through your mouth. So hmm. your two brains are what take in input from the outside world and then help to form you. Hmm. And your hormones are the mechanism that allows those two things to communicate. Hmm. 
So if there's a clog in that system and that information can't flow properly, problems happen. And those we call those problems diseases, but they're just byproducts of a breakdown of your brain, gut, and hormones' ability to communicate effectively about what needs to happen next in your body. Hmm. And how does this relate then? Can you tell us a little bit about set point weight? Set point is a concept that applies to all systems in your body. For example, if you drink a lot of water, you'll notice that you go to the bathroom more without thinking about it. Your body's automatically going to try to maintain a certain level of water in your body. You'll also notice that if you don't sleep much one night, you might sleep more the next night, so on and so forth. If you try to hold your eyes open, you can temporarily, but eventually your body's going to make you blink. So every organism of all species all have a set range that they can live in, right? We have a set range of temperatures that we can exist in, right? We, there's a reason there's no life on the sun. It's too hot. There's also no life on the moon because it's too cold. So in our external environment, there's a very fixed range in which life can exist. That also applies to our internal environment. There's a very fixed range, right? If your blood sugar gets too high or too low, that's a problem. Right. If your body temperature gets too high or too low, it's a problem. The same thing applies to your body weight. Your body weight or your body fatness is regulated in a range. We call that range a set point, just like everything else. And what you need to understand because your life really depends on it is you cannot fight against that set point. So if you've ever felt like your body is fighting your efforts to lose weight, it's because it is hmm. because it thinks your set point level of body fat is higher than what you want it to be. So when you eat less and exercise more, you're trying to force your body to deviate from that set point. That's not going to work. That's like trying to not go to the bathroom. Mm. Like you can do it for a while, but your body's going to win eventually. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is convince your body metaphorically to lower that set point, mm. and you can do that. And the way you do that is through the quality of the foods you eat and the quality of exercise you do, not the quantity. Mm. The message that you give about making this transformation enjoyable versus this thing where we're basically butting our heads against the wall against ourselves and then punishing ourselves or being angry with ourselves or ashamed, you talk about an enjoyable transformation. Will you share a little bit about why that's the case? There's two really important levels to think about here. One is if something isn't enjoyable, it's very unlikely that you're going to keep doing it. Right. And if you don't keep doing it, it won't work. Mm -hmm. There's a secret for you, right? So, so anything, so, right? I mean, if you go on the freeway and the reason you get your car up to 60 miles an hour is because you push on the accelerator. If you take your foot off the accelerator, your car is going to decelerate. So, like, that's why dieting, when you really think about it, does not make any sense. Mm. Because unless you plan to diet forever, right. of course you're going to wait. I mean, that's, if you stop drinking water, you get thirsty. If you stop dieting, you gain that weight back. That's mm -hmm. the definition. So what we need to do is find an enjoyable way of eating because that's the only way we'll do it long term that convinces our body to lower our set point. And that's what sane eating is. Mm -hmm. There's no shame. There's no deprivation. It's healing your relationship with your body and healing your relationship with food, eating more but smarter 
so that you can enjoy yourself and enjoy your body long term while lowering your set point. I love that. I love that how you've articulated, you know, that fat gain and diabetes are not a result of character flaws and how people can get out from under that shame, gain some understanding. And like you were saying, you know, if this is a lethal force that's doing this to us and family members are dying, we would mobilize in opposition to it. So to help people get out from this obsolete way of thinking that fat gain and diabetes are just character flaws that only the weak people fail at this, it's totally a paradigm shift. It's got to be amazing for you to see this in your clients and to see them get out from under this shame and enter this kind of new reality for themselves in an enjoyable way. It is really empowering. The distinction you just made matters a lot. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to hear this and they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? No, it's just because people are lazy and they just need to like stop eating ice cream and it'll be fine. But here's what is really important to understand is we might be reversing the cause. What I mean by that is like, there's a concept known as learned helplessness in mm-hmm. psychology, which listeners of your podcast may be familiar with because you talk about resiliency, mm-hmm. which is like, if you've been given bad information, and if that bad information has caused you to make decisions that have now yielded a body that weighs 300 pounds, and because you have a body that weighs 300 pounds, like your doctor treats you like garbage, right. the people at the grocery store treat you like garbage, eventually you might start to think you're garbage, right. and if you think you're garbage, you don't give a shit anymore, excuse right. my language, yeah. but you're just like, yeah, I'll eat ice cream. So, yes, you right. might notice, your brain might notice that people who weigh 300 pounds eat garbage, but maybe that's not because they're lazy and stupid. Maybe it's because they've been sold a bill of goods that's convinced them that they're not worth eating healthfully. They're not deserving of what life has to offer, mm. and that's freaking heartbreaking. Yes. And We have to understand that we are all like brilliant, beautiful miracles. Truly, we are. Like, it's inexplicable why any individual exists. So, once we embrace that, then, like, sane eating becomes easy. Because, just like a lot of people, like, why don't you take heroin? Well, I don't really see myself as the kind of person who would take heroin. Like, it's an identity play, Mm -hmm. it's not an effort play. Yeah, I love that you said you are the highest quality. You deserve the highest quality. By learning the lessons you teach, people are experiencing an increased awe at living and being, at having relationships and having satisfaction in who they are, getting out from under shame and revolutionizing their experience of living. We touched on it a little bit to resilience, but how can people develop and sustain this? They get their set point adjusted. They, what are some of the ways that people can first get involved with this and access some of your expertise? The number one thing that I'd recommend that everyone does who wants to you know, live better or go sane, as we talk about, is really just pop over to sanesolution.com. We've been doing work for a really long time. We have a tremendous number of both free and paid resources that can help you with all of these things. And, I mean, books, multimedia, products, I mean, everything that you could imagine. We have a huge team of people internationally that are helping to spread this information. So that's the best way to get started. Mm. And then when you look back at when you were a child, you were trying to gain weight years and years. You were in this odyssey of trying to figure it out. In the end, as you look back on it, do you have a sense of gratitude for that struggle because of what it's created? What do you feel and think as you look back to that frustrated young man? One of the most seminal books I've ever read in my entire life is a book called Anti-Fragile by Nicholas Nassim Taleb, which is all about 
uh, essentially resilience on steroids, kind of. Mm. It's about <laughs> being even more than resilient, right? It's, it's about even more than bouncing back. It's about bouncing even higher mm. than you were when you were down. Mm. And that's had such a profound impact on my life. At this point in my life, I don't necessarily get happy when quote unquote bad things happen. Mm -hmm. But I can say that through years of effort, I'm pretty proud of my ability now to not really think that bad things happen all that much, but rather that things happen mm. because I have so consistently observed that things I once labeled as bad did not turn out to yield bad results in my life. So, so I guess it's humility that now comes into play that says this happened. And it has caused a negative emotional reaction, but I'm not going to call it bad mm -hmm. because I don't even know if it's bad yet because <laughs> of exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's truly remarkable to think if we all took this approach to say these things that are difficult for me in this moment, that if I find solutions to these, it will not just make my life easier, but the world's life easier and how much innovation and exploration and advancement would happen so rapidly. And so thank you for creating the kind of world where we have a better understanding of how to be healthy. I know you have a time hack here. We got to meet and I just have, I always end the show with six quick questions so my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to sprint through these six questions with me? Absolutely. All right. Who are you thankful for today? My wife and my daughter. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? The opportunity to do what most people would call work. I don't call it work, but let's say my work. That's what I would say. <laughs> and how do you fuel the fire within you? Loving relationships and hard work. What is one thing adversity taught you to value? And what are you doing today you may have never thought you could? Fatherhood. And what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? <laughs> have two children. <laughs> Even more fatherhood. <laughs> All right. How can people learn more about you and your amazing work? SaneSolution.com is great from a business perspective. And then if you want to learn more about me personally, it's just Jonathan Baylor, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-B-A-I-L-O-R.com. 